Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. Here we are for episode 17 with the one, the only, Robert Clark. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Fantastic. So, tell us about your day. How's your day been so far? Uh, well, uh, typically on a Tuesday, I'd be teaching, um, at Concordia, but they are done for the, uh, semester. So I instead went to the gym. Excellent. Yeah. What did you work on today at the gym? Chest and core. Tuesdays are always chest and core for me. Sweet. What's yeah. your favorite core workout? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, there's one I've been doing semi recently. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, it's where you grab the weight from a from a cable, and what like they're like you're kneeling on the ground and then you're like pulling. Like, okay, what do yeah. you call those? I don't remember what to call those. Honestly, like I'm notorious for just making up barbaric <laughs> like, names for things. Like, I'm like cable crunching, yeah. core. <laughs> but honestly, when it comes to like talking to clients, you want to make it as relatable as possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. But like my cues for a pull up. Or, um, well, at first you make your Ninja Turtle shell, so <laughs> nice. it's them, like, sp- pulling their shoulder blades apart. Yeah. And then, like, then you engage your cord. Now, that one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And bend your knees. Mm-hmm. But then you win the Nintendo. And <laughs> yes. So, when, winning winning the Nintendo, you don't want your arms too far away. You, like, you don't win Mario Kart and, like, flail your arms no, far no. away from your face. You bring it in oh, close. Oh, yes. So it's highly relatable. I've had a very good success rate with these cues. People look at me funny, awesome. nah. but everybody that I go with understands how to do a pull-up now. So That's the way it should be. Great. We're too we're too overly technical, I think, sometimes when yeah. we're trying to describe something. It's like, now you're engaging your latissimus door, you know, like, no, nobody like, wants uh, to hear that. What? Yeah, nobody my, wants to hear My that. back? Yeah. Like, we have to be relatable to people. Yeah. There's no sense giving our clients a textbook to understand what we're saying. Yeah. So we might as well just start from yeah. like the most relatable cues exactly. as possible. So take us through the busiest day of your week or the busiest day you've had in the last month. Holy day or <laughs> <laughs> last like week was week crazy. Long stretch. Eh? Last week was was insane. Tell us um, a little bit about that. Oh, it, it, now you're testing my memory because I notoriously uh, can't even remember what I eat for breakfast. So, uh, however, last week I did, I mean, it was the end of, of Concordia. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on at the university. Um, kids finishing their finals, me finishing up lessons with some of them. Um, so add into all of that, obviously, uh what I do, I'm a personal trainer, so I have clients that I'm working with. Um, obviously, most people know me as the anthem singer, so there were a, a couple of uh, anthems last week as well. Um, but then we also had, you and I, our sexy photo shoot. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that day was crazy. What what, what day was that? That was, that was Friday. Friday. Thank it was you. funny because like, everybody was like, well, where's the other guy? I was like, yeah, Rob Clark. Like, yeah, what's he doing? I was like, why don't you turn on the radio? <laughs> like, you didn't turn on the radio, did you? No. Okay, good. <laughs> that would have been great. We would have known about how soon you were coming. Right. Like, okay, he finished. Give him about 20 minutes to get here from downtown. <laughs> yeah, so that Friday, uh, I trained in the morning. Um, 
I think we even had a car to clean. So my wife and I run a car detailing business, so we had a car to clean that, uh, actually that morning as well. Um, I didn't have any Concordia students, which was nice, but then I did my own training, of course. Uh, and then I had an Oilers game, uh, so I have to be there by about a half an hour before the game. Um, and the game was at 7, so I was there by 6.30. Um, and then our photo shoot was at 7.30 in the West End. Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't <laughs> so, have much time to spare. No, 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 because I start, I don't sing at 7, it's usually about like 7.08. Is kind of when I go in and sing. So literally, I I came in to Roger's place. Uh, the, one of the security guards is there, and I was just like, so you know, because he usually chats with me a little bit, and uh, I'm like, sorry, I can't chat today. I'm literally here. Like I have my coat on still. Usually, I leave all my stuff and you know in a room, but uh, I had to grab everything with me and then run. And so I told him what was going on. He's like, well, here, give me your coat. Um, I'll have it ready for you when you when you come off the ice. And so nice. like literally, I went out. Went to sing, tried to... I almost... I don't care if you edit this out or not. I almost forgot the words that night. Because my mind was in like 33 different places. So like... And it ha- this, this happens to me every once in a while. I never have forgotten the words, but... Because um, I was thinking about the photo shoot. I was thinking about what had happened during the day. And so sometimes my brain goes into panic mode. Like, what are the next words? What are the next words? And then they come. Like, instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never failed me. Uh, probably as I age it might. But... Uh, so that time it happened about three times, uh, got through the anthems, was happy and literally ran back. He had my coat open, threw my arms in and then ran the car. <laughs> my wife was waiting cause I needed some help. Uh, so she was waiting with the car right out front and then we just took off and I made it, I made it with like five minutes to spare, I think. Um, and then changed into my sport clothes and photo shoes away. Yeah. I just, I loved how like. So many people in the group weren't connecting the dots as to like what was tying you up. Like, right. Like, nah, like he's got he's got something pretty important he's doing right now. He's a little tied up. He's at Rogers doing some <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> no, it's not stupid. I love doing it. But no, no, no. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a crazy life. But uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting episode because you have a pretty loyal following with uh, fans of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't want to all know that. There's so much more to you than seeing the anthem. Right. So hopefully they'll be able to appreciate more of your your broad skill set. Yeah, well. This episode. I do many things. Many, many, many things. (laughs) So when would you say your fitness journey began? Oh, like like officially from kind of when I started uh, to where I am now, it's probably been almost two years. So it was the beginning of 2017, um, where I was almost, almost 350 pounds. Um, and I've been a fat kid my whole life. And I just, I say that as I can say I was a fat kid and I was, and I was teased by it, by, uh, people, like a lot of people, my friends, some of my my family members. Uh, I remember a, a case when I was younger where my grandma, uh, she would babysit us and, uh, She'd have treats for us, but I wouldn't get some of the treats because I was too fat. She would say that. She'd give them out to the other three kids. Go, oh, no, no, Rob, you know, or Robbie at the time. You can't have any more because uh, you're too fat. So I grew up with this horrible fat complex, right? Um, and not a great relationship with my grandmother either. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, uh, just lived with that. And so uh, I had started and stopped probably about a bazillion times, um, trying to lose weight, but always gaining it back. Um, and I think it was just until 
like I said, beginning of 2017, when I was almost 350 pounds. And I'm like, I'm done. This is it. I can't. If that number goes any higher than 350, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I wasn't in a good state mentally, obviously not a good state physically. And uh, I knew that I had to change or bad things were going to happen. So that's kind of where it all started. And how did... What what measures did you take to start your journey? Was it all like self-directed, just kind of like looking up stuff on the internet? Did you take yourself to the gym? Did somebody else go with you? Um, it I, I'll admit it started kind of the same way I had started most other times. But the, the difference was that I I didn't want to gain any more weight. I was too big and and uh, that was sort of the catalyst. So, it, But it was all self-directed at first. I... I bought a membership, which I'd done many other times before, um, and started working out. Um, but I had uh, sort of, so I started at World Health, where you get two free sessions when you sign up. And um, I started my first session with uh, uh, a trainer that was there, uh, Mark Campbell. And, uh, or sorry, I say Campbell, it's Mark Cameron. Every time I say Campbell, because I know I'm Mark Campbell. Yeah. I was going to make... No, not, not Mark not Campbell. Mark Cam- it, was, it was Mark Cameron. <laughs> this is like the second time I've done that. Thank you. Um, and uh, I sat down with him for my first session, and he was just a really, really good guy. Um, willing to share whatever information. He knew that I didn't have a lot of money, that I couldn't afford training. Um, but he set me up with uh, a really, really decent plan. Kind of went through what I can do to get started. Um, and the whole time I, I was there and the whole time he was there, he left like maybe, I think three months after I, I, uh, started working out, but he said, anytime I'm free, if you want, uh, any advice or tips, or if you want me to give you a hand with something, just let me know. Um, and that really struck a chord with me. That was, for me, that was kind of, uh, one of the big things that helped me stay committed. Yeah. Um, was just that he offered that, that help, right. As a trainer, that's huge. Um, because he, he could have just said, well, fine, you're not going to get sessions. Well, here's your free session and uh, see you later. Yeah. Um, as lots of people do, right? But he wasn't, he's not like that. Um, and to this day, I, I thank him profoundly for what, for the influence and the, and the, the mentorship essentially that he gave me for free. Um, that really set me on, on the path. Was there ever a time you had to take him up on like the the free advice? Or yeah. Like some, yeah. Oh yeah, I used that to my advantage. Yeah. I was uh, I'd get into my my routine and then and then I'd you know I'd do an exercise where I was like mm, this doesn't feel right and and if he was around and he wasn't working with somebody because I'm not going to just jump in in yeah. his trading session like ah uh, can you come over here for a second? Yeah. No. Like he would if he wasn't working with somebody I'd I'd ask him like well am I doing this right and he'd he'd come over and he'd say well show me what you're doing. Um, and so I'd show him the exercise and he'd be like, well, you know, I think the reason you're feeling pain is because, you know, your, your shoulder's too far forward or, or whatever. Right. Um, and it just, it, it spoke volumes to me. It was, it was, it was really, really helpful. Even though the, the things he said were probably really obvious. It's just, I didn't know what to do. Um, and, and, uh, you know, super simple adjustments, but to me, it just meant, it meant the world. So, yeah. Well, even just saying like, things different cues are really obvious that's like saying that there's such thing as a stupid question there's no such thing as right. a stupid question yeah like there's no clarification that's not not legitimate enough like, oh no exactly right and 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 it's like anybody going to the gym like 
it's it's like you going into a new job. Like you don't know everything, right? Yeah. You, you think you know a few basics, but but um, yeah, getting getting good form and and all that stuff was was really helpful for me in the beginning. Because if I hadn't, if he hadn't offered any help, I don't know if I would have committed. I don't know if I would have stuck with it to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. because he made me really understand what the movement was for and what muscle I was working. Where I would have just gone in and I would have been in pain and I would have stopped and I would have just gained the weight back. So I think he, he, made was, it, he, was he made it. He made it sustainable for you, yeah, which is great. Absolutely, like the best gift that a trainer can can give is mm-hmm. to like empower people to have something in their skill set to take with them, and then they can build on that. But at least they have some kind of foundation. Yeah, one hundred percent. So when you first were on my radar, I was like, oh, we got a new anthem singer. Right. Well, let's let's see what he's about. And like every so often, like you would have a Facebook post and some or something and somebody would like it. So mm-hmm. I'd see it in my stuff. Yeah. And I remember there was a period of time where you're like, okay, I, I need to find a job. And I think this was before you started at uh, Toyota. Mm-hmm. So take us on your journey from like that point. Right. Now. Okay. Um, so this may be a loaded question in, in a few ways, but, uh, I'll give a little bit of background as to before that post, why I made that post. Um, because, uh, I performed professionally as an opera singer for about 10 years. Um, that's what I trained to do. I have a master's degree in music with a focus in opera. Um, and, uh, I about, about three years ago. I had decided I needed to make a switch. I needed to, to move away. It was, I was being, or I was, I was becoming fairly successful at being an opera singer and, and, and performing successful in the sense that I was getting more shows and, and getting more recognition. But it took me away from my family, uh, all the time. Sometimes I was gone for three months at a time. Um, and it was, it was hard on them, even though my wife, who is probably the most supportive person in the universe um, and supported me in the career all the way and said, no, this is what you want to do. This is what you need to do. I still knew that in the back of my mind, it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I wasn't able to see my kids. I wasn't watching them grow up. I wasn't there for some birthdays. Like it was, it was hard to be away all that time. So um, I, uh, I decided to kind of put a hold on the opera career and, and worked a couple of, of other jobs in between, but because I have four kids at home and, and a wife who at the time couldn't really work. Um, she's got a lot of anxiety and and dealing with a lot of anxiety or was for a while still does, but not, not to the same extent. It, uh, I kind of worked towards finally saying, you know what? I need to find a steady job. I need a job that's going to, you know, pay the bills that I can, I can depend on because opera is not a dependable income. It's very up and down. I could do six operas one year and one maybe the next. You know, it's, it's very, very up and down. So I put a big Facebook post uh, out asking if anybody knew of any job opportunities. Um, and uh, I had a lot of people from World Financial Group contact me. <laughs> um, which, I mean, I don't want to, I won't say anything bad about World Financial Group. I think they're great. It's not for me though. I've gone, I've gone to a meeting and I sat down with somebody and talked about it. And it's just that I, I'm not a big fan of sort of trying to get my friends and family involved in something that, you know, 
I didn't really 100% believe in either. <laughs> yeah. Not that it's bad. A lot of people do it. A lot of people are really successful at it. But it wasn't for me. And also, there's there's lots of different angles to play it because we've got to give credit where credit is due. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who will do the World Financial Group and they won't necessarily like worry about their, their friends and family. They'll, yeah. They'll find different ways to market themselves so it's more of the general public and direct to the people that want the services. Yeah. And they're they're providing legitimate services. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we, totally we pay our life insurance through World Financial Group. So, um, and, and, it, and you know, it, it says something when they reach out to you and say, hey, I think you'd be a good fit, right? It means they think they see something in you, right? It's so, always like... Uh, Basically, they are calling out your drive, your determination, your work yeah. ethic, and that's always a great compliment. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I, I was contacted uh, sort of indirectly by um, by Shortbar Toyota, um, Art Angielski's the dealer principal there, um, and they said, "Can you do you want to come in for an interview? We've got a job for you." And I'm like, "Sure." I had. No experience in the automotive industry, like at all. I know basically nothing about cars. Um, and I go in for the interview, and uh, basically they sit me down, and they're like, "Well, here's the job." Um, it was a, a um, I can't remember the title anymore. Um, delivery coordinator, so basically in charge of getting vehicles ready for people to pick them up. Um, and uh, they said, we usually we, we ask for references, but a lot of people know who you are, so we trust you. Here's the job. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And it offered a pretty decent salary. It wasn't amazing, but but um, it was better than what I was doing. Uh, and so I took the job, and uh, I worked there for about nine months. Um, and it was within that job where I met you. <laughs> for the first time and I met you because I saw an Instagram story uh where you took over Yeg Fitness's account for the day. That's been how a few people have met yeah. me. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and so so I watched that. I'm like, this guy's really cool. Like he, he does a lot of cool stuff and he teaches spin. And I'm like, I've never done spin before. And this I'd already started my fitness journey and I was already kind of like reaching out and, and chatting with people and, and uh, trying new things. And I'd never taken a spin class before. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think I reached out to you directly and I said, uh, I'd love to take your spin. I don't remember. We'd have to look at the message history or something. I, I can kind of recollect. So, mm-hmm. like, I remember one afternoon I was just leaving to ride and then I look at my phone and it's like, Rob Clark, the anthem singer, is following me. <laughs> yes! Because, like, I'm an Oiler fan. Right. I appreciate every aspect of the Oilers. Mm-hmm. I was like, sweet. And then you were liking my post. And I was like, this guy likes motivation. Like, I, I can get on the same page as him. And mm-hmm. I think at some point, maybe it was you commented on one of my posts or mm-hmm. something. And then you're like, well, well, how do I how do I go to a class? And I was like, well, first class is free. Right. Yes. That sounds very familiar. I so, what, what was your experience with spin the very first time? Because everybody's is unique. Like, it's usually like a complete culture shock. Um, well, it was my very, very first experience with spin. I'd never done sort of a, a traditional spin class before, anything like that. So, and True Ride is very unique in the way they do their spin classes. At least at the time, it was very unique to me. So, you walk in. They give you these crazy weird shoes. 
right? Uh, they teach you how to clip it, clip in, even though I was super nervous and had no idea what was going on. And I think you helped me clip because I was just like, For sure. I, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Like, it's not working. You're like, you just got to, you know, just calm down, put your feet in the thick, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but like the, it's, it, it's the mood, it's the lighting. It was, um, uh, the atmosphere. And then of course the instructor, right? Um, and I, I came out of my first class loving it. Like I loved it. And I thought I'd hate it because yeah. I'm not, I'm not really a big cardio fan. I will not go for a run. Uh, I like riding my bike, but like not sort of in a cardio way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I didn't play a lot of sports. I didn't not, didn't really play much growing up. I played rugby for a couple of years, but that was about it. Um, and so just, yeah, cardio for me was never a, an enjoyable thing, but I came out and this is, it, it happened at a really good time for me because Toyota was really weighing down on me. It was not, in the end, it was not the job for me. It was, it was mind numbing. And this is nothing to say anything against Toyota because I love them. But from, it was to, for me, coming from a crazy creative job, being an opera singer, um, you know, using my voice as, as, as my instrument, as my way to convey emotion, all that kind of stuff, to sitting at a desk, inputting data and like telling car detailers what they needed to do. It, it, it just was like, it was the worst job <laughs> for me. Um, and so by going to spin and because I would do it before I'd go to work, it just, it, it made my entire day just like completely different. Like I had energy and I was excited and, and, uh, you know, even though the job itself was just mind numbing, I, it made my day better. Yeah. yeah. So my first experience, that was a very long answer to that question. My first experience had me hooked. Absolutely. Sweet. That's awesome. At what point did you decide that you were going to be a trainer? What was your TSN turning point for that? Oh, it wasn't a, a, right away. Um, I think it, it started when, and, and I think this is why this time was different opposed to, opposed to all the other times where I started trying to lose weight and, and all this kind of stuff. I decided to actively seek people out and ask for for advice, uh, sessions, uh, questions, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and it was by doing that uh, that's how I met. And I think that's it's sort of when I really started using Instagram too was was January of 2017. Because and, and again, this is another reason why it was different because I decided to log sort of what my journey was going to be. Um, by posting updates, um, you know, some of the workouts I was doing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I started getting attention that way from, from fitness people, local fitness people, some not local fitness people, but those people were weird <laughs> because they were just trying to follow you so that you'd follow them. Rip our brand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, peep our page right now. Thanks, B2 Apparel. Um, yeah. uh, but I think that's how I met, that's how I met Dean Guido and Andrew Coates. Um, because I don't know, I, I think I saw one of Dean's crazy weird posts that are amazing. He had some um, wild Oh, they posts. were crazy. And like, <laughs> just like, he was big on the Spider-Man infographics. Yes. And, just, and like his drawings were so bad, but they, <laughs> they made perfect sense. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Dean, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, uh, and I noticed that they had, they were doing a podcast. I started listening to their podcast and, 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 uh, just kind of got to know them a little bit and again, messaged them, you know, asking questions. I had a, a cool session 
with Dean where he helped me with a couple of, of exercises. Um, and met Andrew a few times as well. I, I've cleaned Andrew's car. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, so it was through meeting, you know, those kind of people, um, where I started to, to see kind of what their lifestyle was like. They were in the business of helping people improve their life. Um, and coming from an operatic background where was I helping people with my profession? Some could argue very strongly that I, yes, I was. And I felt there were times like if I was practicing my craft good enough and if I was conveying the emotion that I was intending, that somebody in the audience will be affected one way or another by the way that I sing. And so, um, to get feedback from people like that was really helpful to me. So, so I wanted to be, and, and part of it too was, I did want a career shift, but I wanted a career shift where I was really helping people. So I considered being an, an occupational therapist. I considered going into, you know, <laughs> nursing even. Um, but uh, it was as I was going through my fitness journey and, and meeting people in the fitness industry where I'm like, I could, I could really help people improve their health because I'm doing it and I know how it's making me feel and I'm seeing results and I'm happier and, you know, I'm not as depressed. I'm like, I could really, I could do this for people and, and hopefully be able to make an income doing it. Um, and so it, it wasn't an idea that happened instantly. It was one that formulated. I'd spoken with my wife a few times, talked about it, mentioned it to my family, you know, just kind of, you know, thinking this, this is something I could do. Um, and for the most part, people are like, okay, sure, Rob. Yeah, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a personal trainer. It's like first you should probably commit to your health first, you know, because they they've all seen me go through my my ups and downs of of fitness and health, and and so it was kind of like the you know never cry wolf sort of thing where I'm sure, Rob, like we'll believe it when we see it sort of thing. And so I think that also fueled me a little bit where it was kind of like the doubt from other people. Yeah, just kind like, of, I'll show oh, you. Yeah, well, fine. I'm going to lose more. I'm going to, you know, be more fit. And now I'm more fit than my family. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't mean that in a negative way. I love my family, of course. It's just, it's it's a good motivation piece because we all have our, like, our down days. Yeah. And sometimes that, like, self-affirmation, that thing that you can validate yourself on without any hesitation is absolutely one of the most powerful things to, to keep you moving forward. Totally. And, and like, I, I never really experienced that until doing this where like yes I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing I feel good I feel good physically but I also feel really good mentally which for a while like there were some dark times in my life where mentally I was not doing well um part of that is because of, of the career I was in the opera opera career it's so up and down it's a very judgmental career where you're being judged on your personal voice at all times and to an extent, your appearance, because a lot of people think, oh, if you're an opera singer, you have to be fat. Actually, that's no longer the case. In today's world, opera needs to be as aesthetically pleasing as musical theater, as movies, right? People can't believe, uh, for example, that you've been starving in a jail for two years, but you're also 400 pounds, right? That happened in an opera I was in. Not, not I wasn't the 400 pound person. But there was somebody who was a bigger person who was supposed to have been in a prison for two years. The opera's called Fidelio. Um, and it was like, well, somebody was sneaking you pie every day because there's no way you've been starving for two years, you know? Um, it's just, it's not believable anymore, right? Yeah. So, so you need to, 
I think you need to be in, in somewhat of a decent shape for people to believe the character you're doing. Unless the character's supposed to be fat, then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so crazy. Like I think people don't even think twice about that. They're like, oh, opera. And they just go to like the the old stereotype. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like I don't know too many fitnessy opera singers. So yeah. Like, be good, be good. Well, it's it's shifting and it has to shift. It has to evolve. Opera always has evolved. Not as, not as quickly as other art forms. Um, but... For opera to survive, it needs to appeal to today's audience, right? And today's audience is about instant gratification, is uh, is about um, the spectacle, being able to be um, stimulated in all five senses, right? And so uh, operas, in a lot of ways, people think opera is this archaic sort of highbrow snobby kind of thing, and they can't be that anymore. So they, they, they take operas and they basically rework them the music is the same because it has to be um but they'll modernize it they'll take like marriage of figaro and they'll set it in like an office building in edmonton or something like that like they'll just do modern things to it but they also you know and i was told by one opera director that i was too fat he's like if you lose some weight i'll put you in hero like big heroic tenor roles but i you know no one's going to believe it if i if, if i cast you right now and that was that was not too long before I started my own fitness stuff because it was it pissed me off, but it also kind of you know punched me in the face at the same time. Where it was just like you need to you need to change. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of time, like that sort of baggage we carry that when we're like, oh, you know, I'm throwing in the towel. It's like, nope. I remember what that guy said. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut him up real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, the unfortunate part is I decided to make the change and also decided to, to leave the opera world. Well, yeah. But it's, I, I haven't fully left, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing an opera in February and um, I'm not going to be traveling doing opera across the country anymore because it's not what I want to do. Um, but I'm still able to, able to perform. I mean, I still do the anthem for the Oilers, which I love doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm still able to do concerts here and there. Nothing huge, but but I'm still able to to tap into my artistic side um, and do all the 43 other things that I like to do. <laughs> and honestly, like, every time I think about it, I'm like, I don't think that there's any other anthem singer with as much of a following as you. Like, most anthem singers in the NHL, it's like, oh, there he is again. There right. he goes. Do you know his name? Nope. You? Nope. Cool. I guess. I mean, I think part of that is 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 because I'm more active than they are on social media. Um, I think that's one one big reason. Um, I mean, when you think about, at least when I think about a hockey game, it I don't. Well, no, maybe I do kind of think about the anthem singer because I'm partial to singing the anthem and it's whatever. But but uh, it's not the main part of a hockey game, right? The main part of the hockey game is. The hockey. That's why it's called a hockey game. <laughs> it's not called an anthem singing hockey game. Um, although there were some anthem singers that, that seem to think that it is. Uh, I am not one of those. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just because I'm more active on social media. Um, I interact with, with the fans. Um, there are some. There's, there's a couple. Uh, I'm trying to think the one in, the one in Boston. I can't remember his name. Anyways, there's, there's a few out there that, that do some social media. Stuff. But yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the way to, that's the way we got to go, right? We got to, we got to be on social media if we want to make ourselves known. Do you have right. a network of like 
the league's anthem singers that you all just kind of talk in a group chat? <laughs> no. There might there may be one, and maybe I just haven't been invited onto it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I haven't actively looked to see if there is one. Uh, there might be. I should maybe I should do that at check and see. You could start it. I could start one. You could be like the ringleader. That mean that just give me one more thing to do. <laughs> That's true. Forty seven things. That'd be that'd be forty seven. There there may be it for all I know, but I have no idea. I think it's so funny how the beginning of every game. You get tagged by at least like twenty people. It's like there's our boy. Yeah, Rock every Clark. time, and there's and and every once in a while, uh, there's there's always there's detractors in every every profession. Um, but uh, somebody will be like, he's good, but he's not as good as some other one. But usually it's because they don't like the sound of an opera voice, right? Or or I have one person that always says he sings it too slow, and I'm just like, mm. people actually say that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's oh. it, they're very few and far between. Yeah. Like the re- the reaction and the support. Like I'd say ninety eight percent of the people that post stuff were positive. Like I've been very very lucky um, to have such a, a positive following of people. Yeah. So the last other game I went to, I the Uber was kind of slow, so I got there like. Just in time to hear you, but I also had to pee. Right. So I was standing at the urinal, and you get started. I'm like, yes! It's raw! And then I go peeing away, and it's you finish. I'm like, woo! At the urinal. At the urinal. But the best part is there's like 10 other dudes, and they're cheering along with me. Nice. There like, you go. The support you have. It's in the bathroom, outside of the bathroom. Oh, man. In the bars. Like, oh, I, I get people like... Uh, Somebody in, oh yeah, a friend of mine, Scott, Scott Weller, and he was in Vegas. And he's like, see, even in Vegas, people show your anthem, right? And there was like, there was like 10 screens, and I was like the bottom right corner. But he's like, you're still there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what's, that's what's been one of the most rewarding things, I think, as, of being the anthem singer is the support that I've received. Um, the people that I've been able to meet, um, and, uh, I mean, just recently I, I did that, that glow juicery challenge with the salads and all that stuff where, where we, uh, I'm on a Facebook group called the Edmonton Oilers Diehards page. And it's, it's, it's like a group of 7,000 plus strong of just diehard Oilers fans. Um, a lot of them don't live in the city. And, uh, these are people that they just come together. They, they talk about the Oilers. They don't ever really bash them. There's not, there's not any like, vulgar bashing allowed on the page people can say their minds to you know with you know some degree of of of, uh taste but but yeah they're just a very very positive good group of people you know just all of them just average joes just work nine to five jobs um but have been so supportive of me like it's insane uh they were the ones that helped me raise the most amount of salads for this thing. So tell us far. the backstory of the Glow Juicery salad. Right. Uh, so Glow Juicery every couple months does a food fight where they pit two, I guess, prominent Edmontonians against each other. And whoever, uh, both of them make their own salad creations based on the ingredients that Glow Juicery has. And uh, whoever wins the competition gets part of their proceeds donated to a charity of their choice. Um, and so TJ Sadler, head of, of Yeg Fitness, um, the magazine, um, he, uh, contacted me and said, do you want, they, they've asked me to be in this. Do you want to be my competitor? And I'm like, oh man, 
I mean, TJ's really well connected. Like he knows a lot of people in the city. And I thought, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to beat him. Like I'll do it. I said, yes, but I'm like, whoa, this is, this is scary. Cause I don't want to, I don't like losing. I'm a very competitive person, even though I didn't <laughs> play sports, probably a good thing I didn't play sports, but but when I'm in, even when I'm playing a friggin' board game, like I'm super competitive. I can just like picture Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but always losing. Um, so uh, I agreed, and um, it was about halfway through the month, and I was making posts about it and, and all sorts of stuff, and then I finally was like, you know what? Like I don't like using my quote unquote Oilers fame to. I don't know. I don't. I don't take advantage of it. I just. I. I like what I do, and I don't. I don't use it for, for a lot of personal gain. I guess I should say. But I'm like, you know what? I bet you I could get, you know, maybe like ten or twenty people go into to Glow Juicery and, and buy the salad. So I posted in the in the diehards group, <laughs> and a, like a day later, the the organizer of the group, Chris Kipfer, uh, said. Um, do you think it would be okay if we did like a a salad donation page? Because there's a lot of people that can't actually go into the juicery because they're not from here. Um, and a lot of people want to help because a lot of people really like you and support you. And I'm like, sure, that's great. And he's like, I'm going to set the goal at uh, at 100. And I'm like, 100 salads? Seriously? You think people are going to donate that many? He's like, oh, I think so. These, these, these are really good people. And we ended up with 301 from that page alone. Of people that donated. Team Ford donated 50. Um, I had a lot of people donate 10, donate 20. Uh, like, it was just insane, the support of these people. And then what we did with the salads is we went and handed them out um, at the end of November to just people on the street. We went to Boyle Street. We went to a whole bunch of different uh, homeless shelters and just handed salads out to people. And it was, like, the most amazing experience. And it turned out to just be this... this uh, this thing that I never expected would happen. And if I hadn't have tapped into that, that diehard page, I wouldn't know. I don't think I would have won the challenge. I think well, TJ and you, you had uh, vehicle sponsors too, right? We had Team Ford donated two vehicles uh, for us to, to drive the salad around. Did I see that they donated drivers too? Or yeah. Nice. Yeah, they, they sent two of their of their people to, to drive us around. That's awesome. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And and uh, needless to say, <laughs> I blew TJ out of the water. <laughs> Even in the end, TJ, TJ told his supporters to go get my salad. He's like, yeah. I can't beat this, you know. He's got a good cause because I guess I guess Jacob Fitness is going to be... Um, uh, CASA was my uh, charity. Yeah. CASA Edmonton, who helps uh, kids, uh, children and, and adolescents with mental health issues. And we've benefited from them. Um, I guess they're going to be uh, collaborating with, with Jacob Fitness in January. That's so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So... So uh, it turned out to be this just incredible, incredible experience, and all because of this amazing, amazing group of people. And it has now um, spurred on this this new thing we're going to do, where we're getting together at the end of December to create uh, care packages. So gloves, mitts, underwear, um, all sorts of things that, again, all these people from this diary page are donating towards. We're going to Team Ford, making all these packages up, and we're just hand them out again to people on the street. Because what we noticed when we were handing out these salads was that the salads were great, and that getting any food for them is 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 huge. But it was cold out, and and people were asking if we had gloves, if we had toques, if we had you know things to keep them warm. And that was that was very very striking to to Chris, the organizer of, of the uh, um, Die Hard's page, 
where he decided, you know what, these salads were great, but we're gonna we're gonna take this a step further. So this whole salad thing spurred this this new movement that we're gonna do, um, and it's it's amazing. They've they've I think they've raised about four or five hundred bucks, no six hundred bucks so far for us to go and buy uh, stuff that we're just gonna have. That's so, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm super super excited and and very very lucky to be a on that page and be able to do this kind of stuff. So if I have any listeners that like own a business or want to support, what's the best way to uh, get in touch and support that? Um, just find the diehards page, find the diehards page, but you can't just go on the diehards page. They have like a, uh, it's a closed group Yeah, and they have in order to, to get or to be accepted on the page, you have to answer some like Oilers questions. <laughs> I mean, you can just Google some of the answers, <laughs> but no, no, um, I can probably, I'm actually, um, I just spoke with Chris a couple of days ago. He wants me kind of on this small group of, of people that that deal with kind of the the financial side of things of what's going on with this. So actually, they could just contact me. Perfect, perfect. Um, and I can give you information and stuff like that to for people to contact me. Because I don't always know who listens, but I have a feeling that some people might happen to listen to yeah. it that might want to create some some change. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a very very I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but but these people are going to be very grateful to receive this stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just getting getting the community involved. I'm. I've been given so much, especially as the anthem singer. Uh, people give me stuff all the time, um, and I don't mean to say that in, in an ungrateful way. Like it, I am beyond grateful with with how generous people have been with me. Um, I want to be in a position where I can give back. Because I feel like I've just been given so much and I'm not a wealthy person. I really don't have a lot of money, but I can give time. Yeah. And that's, for me, that's the most valuable thing I have because I don't have a lot of it. But when I do have it, I'm able to, to go out. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm so giving because I feel like uh, the, amount of, the amount of stuff and love and support I've been given, I could never, never, ever give back. So it's just, it's, it's a way for me to, to do what I can to, to help out. So. And I love that that's what became of like the, the food fight, this, this yeah. battle, because it all started out. And I remember, uh, cause TJ just got like a second dog, little puppy. Yeah. And he plays, he plays the little puppy card. He's like, well, uh, my new puppy is going to come with me on a car ride. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're going to deliver some salads. If, yeah. if you like one, the puppy will come along and then you get on there with your dog. <laughs> And my favorite part was how you get it. You put the dog like in front of your face and I got car rides too. <laughs> and I was like, wow, he wins. Oh, it's like I said, I get very competitive. <laughs> so so TJ posts that, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I'm gonna play that card and I'm gonna play it better than you did. <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. His puppy was pretty good. No, you you delivered that like flawlessly. I was laughing pretty hard. Yeah. And then the other thing was uh when it all started out, uh, TJ was holding my beer because you like he was he was gonna utilize his Yeg Fitness connections yep. as as we would have predicted, and mm-hmm. that has a l- large amount of potential. Yeah, because there's like businesses that work with Yeg Fitness. There's uh, like influencers that he knows, good rock solid relationships. Yep, and so we didn't know what the outcome was gonna be. Mm-hmm. But then you did your thing, and I was like, ah, 
DJ, uh, you're holding Rob's beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like he did, a, he went and delivered his salad to Cam Talbot and his wife. Yeah, and he I was... haven't even. I haven't had a conversation with Cam Talbot. So to me, like, I, I'm the Oilers anthem singer. Like, he was showing me up on that. Like, he was like, you know, you think, you think you've got connections. Well, and I'm like, oh crap. And that's where I, that's where I'm like, I've got to turn this up. I've got to do something. And that's when I tapped into the Oilers Diaries page. And I'm like, oops, <laughs> 300 salads later. Oopsies. Yeah. Oh darn, I won. Um, no, I couldn't think of a better person to, to do it with. TJ, I mean, you know TJ really well. He's, of course. He's yeah. such a cool guy and does a lot for the community and especially for the fitness community. So uh, it was an honor doing the competition with him and it was an honor winning because <laughs> he's such a cool guy. Yeah. No, it, it worked out really, really well. And yeah, like I think both charities have seen a lot of really positive exposure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because his charity was the one that he's featured for the Yegg Fitness uh, community sweats for the last right. like, like three, four rounds in a row. So yeah. It's been great. Yeah. And one, one, uh, what was her name again? Who, uh, came to the photo shoot? I don't remember her name, but a member from the Edmonton Down Syndrome Society, uh, was within that, that photo shoot too. So I can't yeah. wait. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be the whitest person on. You were thinking, man, like if. Uh, oh, I was. No, that's not true. Because I was gonna start tanning, but then okay. I'm like, oh, I have this big thing against tanning. Like my mom did it once before they went on a trip and and ended up getting um, cancer yeah. in the calf, and they had to like cut it out and everything. So like I I, I contemplated it, but I'm like, ah, oh, I just don't want to get cancer. So I just didn't do it, and then you gotta think outside the box. Yes, like you did. Inside, I think inside the <laughs> So, little backstory. If some of my close friends are listening, I always get chirped for just how white I can get. And especially being a personal trainer under like fluorescent lighting most of the time, never seeing the light of day, mm-hmm. um, I get extra, extra white. Because in the past, I've gone on like a tropical trip or like been working outside so it's like it's not so bad yeah but genetically like i'm extremely caucasian mm, me too there's no nothing other than just like irish scottish english yeah. danish and in any case i've learned that nine times out of ten everybody else is more tan than me yes and it really stands out when i stand next to them <laughs> and after my halloween costume which I might have overdone it then, because <laughs> you were pretty orange. <laughs> I was <laughs> full on oompa loompa, but I did the job. Like, oh yeah, I I wanted to be. I can't remember what's the guy's it's name. Fabio. Fabio. Were yes. You, yeah, you were yes. To be I was going for Fabio, and so I had to be a, a pretty dark tan, and I had never used this stuff before. So I like <laughs> I put it on pretty thick before I let it like set in. Right. And yeah, so you got to see it after it set in. <laughs> it was like, oh wow, Chris, but like, where, like where a did week you go? later, it was still there. Like, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. It was wild. But at least I still have this product. And I was like, well, now we'll just do a light, light little layer. Yeah. And no regrets. See, like, but I feel like it would have gotten all over my suit or something. Like, if, I, I probably, I guess I could have done it a couple of days before and then it Usually you in, let right? it dry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to know these things. Jeez. No, yeah. I I hope there's some, some serious editing in that picture because I'm going to look I'm sure so Des will do Oh, I'm sure Des will do great. Oh, it's color balance. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so look at the picture and go, 
okay, yeah, we need to do a little changing here. Although that's not the point of that shoot, though. The point of that shoot was to show like fitness in all different forms, right? Yeah. So I'll just be the the tall white guy. <laughs> <laughs> the tall Jack white guy. The tall Jack, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your family a little bit. Like you, not many people know how big of a family you have. You right. Have four kids. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've got four kids. Uh, Starting with the oldest, Samuel is 14, almost 15. Uh, Benjamin is 12, going to be 13 in about a week here. Um, and then Joshua, who is uh, 9. Um, and Eleanor, who's our youngest, uh, she's 7. So I have four kids. Yeah, and a wife, who's amazing. That's awesome. I won't tell her age, though, because she probably doesn't want to. That's okay. <laughs> she's younger than me, though, so that's a good thing. So if you were to describe... Each member of your family in one word. What would it be? Oh, man. That is hard. Oh, that's a good question. Okay. I will start from youngest to oldest. So, Ellie. Cute. I, I, do I need to explain that? Or no, no, that's okay. pretty straightforward. Josh. Crazy. Uh, ben. Loving. And Sam, mini-me, hyphenated. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, what's your other half? Megan? I can't do that in one word. <laughs> Megan is everything. Maybe that is that is one word. That's actually, a she's lot of everything. people will get that. They'll understand. Yeah, she's everything. I, I would not be able, I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. In, in every possible way. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. One thing that the two of you have been doing that I really liked is your, your bake sale things that you've yes. done for, for the field trip there. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about that. Like what, what inspired it? What, what success have you had? How long does it take? Uh, well, my kids are in French immersion. Well, most of my kids are in French immersion. One isn't because he's got uh, a lot of developmental delays. Um, but my oldest is in grade nine and in uh, his junior high, every all the grade nines get to go on a Quebec trip. Um, and we knew this was coming and because we are not, uh, a wealthy family by any stretch of the imagination, um, start of grade nine comes around and they have a big meeting with like, here's the trip. It's going to cost $2,500. And we're like, we don't have $2,500 at any time, <laughs> let alone for this trip. Um, and so we do kind of what we usually do if we need to get money is we, We'll either say, all right, we're going to go do some car detailing and we're just going to put an ad out and, and hopefully people latch onto that. Um, but the time of, of year is, was a little different because car detailing kind of dies down for us come September, September to March, April. And so my wife decided she was going to make, uh, some baked goods and, uh, she is an incredible cook. She will find a recipe online and she will make it perfectly the first time. There's very rarely does anything fail with what she makes. Like it's always amazing. Um, to the point of where I'm like, you need to go to some sort of culinary school because you need to really market this. Anyway, so she found this maple pumpkin pie with like caramel pecan streusel on the top. Like I'm not a crazy pumpkin pie fan. I have to have probably about like three cups of whipped cream on my pumpkin pie. For me to enjoy it, because by itself it's just gross. 
Uh, I didn't eat any whipped cream on this pie. It was insane. It was like the most amazing pie I've ever tasted. So uh, we sold, I think, 37 of those and charged Holy 25 crap. bucks Twenty five bucks per pie. And people yeah. were willing to spend that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Christmas comes around. So what do people do at Christmas time? They bake. And so she made, she's been making, like I think there's six different cookies in these boxes. All of them are amazing. And again, selling them for 25 bucks. And like, we've sold 67 of those boxes so far. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, yeah. So we, we've raised quite a bit of the money already from, from just these bake sales. And, and are uh, you still going strong with the cookie boxes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're still even taking orders. How um, long are you going to be going at with those? Probably right up until Christmas. Okay. Um, so if somebody wants those, they just send you a DM? Absolutely. DM? Yeah. And I will attest to it. I checked out the pictures. I drooled. They were delicious. <laughs> like they're amazing. Uh, December has just been one big long cheat day for me because I yeah, freak. I, ca- I can't resist these Ooh, cookies. Yeah, Ooh, all, and they're all over. Like they're just there, ready. And I'm supposed to not eat them, but I still sometimes. Eat them. Did you like hold off while we were waiting for the photo shoots? Oh, I tried. Uh, I tried. Was I successful? Not a hundred percent, but like the week of, I was being very strict with my diet because um, I've noticed now that my body can metabolize food quite quickly, as opposed to when I used to eat food and it just went like it just sat there. Muscle right? mass, muscle mass, right? Yeah. Absolutely. However, that doesn't mean that I can just eat whatever the crap I want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, the week before the photo shoot. I was I was pretty strict, but. Uh, I kind of like where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm able to maintain a good, like, I'm at 225, 230 pounds. I'm 6'3", so it's a really good, healthy weight for me to be at. And I'm able to maintain that while still enjoying, you know, uh, a few beers now and then, some pizza. You know, like, I, I, I still eat and enjoy it, but I just don't go, like, insane and eat, yeah. like, an entire pizza or, you know, three burgers or whatever. Like, it's, it's uh, yeah, I like where I'm at. Totally. And it's something where, like, you... You can sustain this longer term because mm-hmm. you're not going to find a point where you're like, all right, screw this and it's just jump off the fitness wagon. No, there's no chance for me to do that now. And that's, yeah. uh, and I just made a post about this. It's, it's a, because of the habit that I formed. It's all about habit forming when it comes to, to fitness, I think, right? And for people that are like, oh, I, I try to get started and it just doesn't work. It's like, well, you probably a tried going to the gym for too long or you went too hard. And your body just rejected it. And it says, nope, I don't want to do this. So what I think is the solution for people that don't know what to do is start with 15 minutes a day. Go to the, or like physically go to the gym for 15 minutes. That's it. And do that for like two weeks. It's not a huge time commitment. But what you're doing is you're telling your brain and you're telling your body, this is what I'm doing. It's how we form habits. It's how we form good habits. It's also how we form bad habits, right? If you start smoking a cigarette once a day, you're going to get addicted. (laughs) If you start going to the gym once a day for 15 minutes, you're going to get addicted. Which is the better addiction? Probably going to the gym, (laughs) right? Not saying that smoking is bad. You know, people can smoke whatever they want. But but, uh, definitely going to the gym is a healthier uh, uh, addiction than smoking. Man, if you ever start smoking, I will hunt you down. I will not. <laughs> I can't. Smoking is so bad for my voice. There's yeah. no way. So don't worry about it. How Other habits. You ever sing the anthem? Sorry? Oh, yeah, right? Man. Or I just take it down and be like, oh, yeah. what happened? <laughs> I started smoking. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's it. Yeah. So I want to know a little bit more about the charity that you supported for World Tree Street. Tell yeah. us a little bit about it. Uh, so Casa Foundation, um, 
We discovered them uh, when our uh, my third child, Joshua, was I think two two years old. He was showing severe signs of uh, attention deficit disorder, so ADHD, um, to the point of uh, him escaping the house and and just running. Like he would, if if the door was open, he would just go. And we, it, 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 he was he was like a puppy. Um, and, and had no sense of caution or danger at all. Um, to the point of where police were involved. Police got involved because somebody found him. Um, and it's not that we were horrible, inattentive parents. It's that we have three other kids. Uh, summertime, you know, the door opens and closes all the time. He gets out uh, while we're doing some gardening or, or you know, cleaning or something like that. Um, and... Uh, he would, he would be found like blocks later. One, one time I was away and my wife, uh, went upstairs to order pizza. So that takes what, three, four minutes. Uh, in that time, our son in the middle of winter in his pajamas, just put boots on and went outside. We were living on a pretty busy street in Sherwood Park and just walked right out to the street and a car stopped and had to get out and, and grab him because he would have just walked onto the street. Um, and so as soon as she comes down, she's like, where's Josh? Which is kind of the phrase we used in our house quite often. Where's Josh? Where is he? Um, and she knows right away that he wasn't in the house. So she went out and just went looking for him, calling his name, talking to the neighbors, all that kind of thing. And then finally, eventually, she phoned the police. Um, and he was, thankfully, at the police station. Um, so uh, we decided we needed to get support. We needed to get help for him because something was wrong. We knew something was wrong. None of our other kids showed any signs of this. Um, and uh, so we did a lot of research because when you have to figure out mental issues with, with your own children and with yourself, it's it, there's not really a ton out there. It's better. We're getting better at it. But there's you've got to do like a lot of searching, especially for kids. Um, and so we found the CASA Foundation and, uh, through a friend of ours, a friend of ours said, get in touch with them. They're good. They're, you know, they work really well with kids. Um, so we went in, we had him evaluated by a psychologist and a psychiatrist, and it took about six, six months for us to get a firm diagnosis and then start medicating him. But had we not discovered CASA, I don't know, A, if Josh would have been alive or if, you know, some bad things could have happened. And so, and, and from that point on, they were very, very supportive right up until he went into preschool, um, where we got funding for him to go into a specialized preschool where they deal with kids with, with all sorts of different issues. Um, and from that point on, their support has been invaluable to us. So when it, when it came to me choosing, uh, a charity, Castle was the first one that came to mind. For yeah. Me. It was, it was, there was no, no question. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. So if somebody wants to support CASA, what's the best way? CASA.ca? Uh, I, I, I think it's CASA Foundation. I don't remember. Uh, I'd have to look it up. They can always yeah, just use you the You can Google. just Google in CASA, CASA Foundation or CASA Edmonton, yeah. and it'll bring up uh, yeah. their website. Yeah, if you want to donate. Or if people are looking for support for... It's, it, it deals with with children from like really young age up until adolescence. So uh, any kids that, that are struggling, um, they work with kids with all sorts of mental health issues, which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll thank them to the day I die because without their support, we would have been lost for sure. And Josh, who knows what would have happened to him. Yeah. That's incredible. Yep. 
I have to give a, a plug for Shane Fennessy because we we cross we cross guests sometimes. We both interview the same guest. Yes. So our episode could honestly be like three hours long. Yeah. We both like to talk, and we have a lot that we like to talk about. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that people feel like they want to know more, they could probably learn a bit more if they go and they check out City of Champions yep. by Shane Fennessy. He's Absolutely. a good, good pal of mine. I've, I've been on his podcast. You can mm-hmm. check out my episode with him too. Um, I got to wrap this up. Yeah. I got to get to our last question. The oh. most important question. <laughs> if you could give our listeners one piece of advice on how to live their life most authentically. To the fullest, what would that piece of advice be? Oh man, so many, so many things come to mind. Um, just, just be yourself and and know what's good for you. Now that sounds like the most. Uh, like you could see that on a poster like the the pelican with the frog saying never give up I'm um, picturing like the kitten hanging or the kitten yeah exactly but 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 I say that because I've come from a background and I won't go into this because it could be forever but where I wasn't my authentic self for a very long time I didn't feel like I was where I was just basically told to be a certain way and that you know there's a reward if you're that way and that's you know being good and, and doing something like that. And I didn't feel like I was being good or doing good because I wanted to be. I felt like I was that way because that's how I was told. And and I came to the realization that that's not the way to live. The way to live is to, to be good and do good because it makes you feel good, but it makes other people feel good. And I talk a lot about integrity, having integrity. I talk about this with my kids where They'll be like, hey, I went and cleaned the, the living room today. Did you notice? And I'll be like, well, thank you so much for, for vacuuming the living room. But you know what's even cooler is for you not to actually come and tell us that you did it. To just do it because you wanted to do something good. So so having, and I say that's what integrity is. Doing something when no, doing something good when nobody's looking. Um, and, and so I guess that would be the advice. Have integrity. Have that kind of integrity where you're just willing to do good stuff. And then not go and post be like, look what I did. You know, I helped this person across the street when nobody else would, right? That's not integrity. That's you just kind of saying, I'm amazing. Not to say that you can't share that stuff because that stuff does inspire people. For yeah. Sure. But, but, uh, I think the most important is, is, is to do good when no one's watching. Right? If it's like a habit that you're, you're doing good just because you like to, maybe the odd time you might share something that you mm-hmm. did. But if you're just inherently going to do it no matter what. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Have integrity. Such a good lesson to teach your kids too. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like we could do a sequel to this episode. <laughs> That's what Shane said too. <laughs> and I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen him for a while, but uh, definitely. I would, uh, I would definitely come back. Good. Good. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. You too. Big plans for the rest of your day? Uh, well, I've got, I'm um, singing, not singing. I am singing, but I'm going to Concordia to work with one more student. And then uh, I've got a Molson game day live tonight uh, that I'm going to be singing at, at a bar. Nice. Fun. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, I'll let you take off. Sounds good.